gentlemen, bienvenue and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing The Band's Visit. So maybe I'm romantic, maybe I'm a sentimental fool, maybe music is the food of love, but music and love, who can tell them apart? Just let me hear the down. And let me hear the bam, bam, bam. And let me hear you kick the kick and whack the snare and shake your ass and stir up the air and dance with the girl with the ribbons in her hair. Embracing the rhythm of love that's exactly the same as the beat of your heart. The beat of your heart. But first, how are we doing? I hope this episode of The Musical Man finds you well. I have been better. I don't know about you, fair listener. I don't know if you're like me. Perhaps you have a brain like mine that is constantly trying to figure out something that could be wrong. Could we figure out if maybe something is wrong with the world or ourselves? (laughs) You know, you do all of your household chores. You take care of all of your work. Maybe it's podcast related. Maybe it's relating to your search for a new day job. And when you try to settle down, you try to relax for just a moment, just a few minutes, your brain goes, no, let's figure out something that's wrong. Okay, something's wrong. You've dropped the ball somehow. You have slighted someone. And if that's not true, maybe we, maybe we could mix up some weird energy on the internet. Maybe we could be spiteful or strange or cynical or mean. If you are in the same boat as I am, congrats, we're in the same boat. Here, have some snacks. I brought some boat snacks. Yum. Who doesn't love a salty boat snack? (laughs) I just wanted to check in with you. I sort of brushed past that question right up top. I hope you are doing well. And we are now going to move directly into the show facts for this week's subject, the band's visit. Show me the show facts. Give me more boat snacks. Okay, here you go, and let us begin. The band's visit was the 2018 winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on November 9th, 2017 at the Ethel Barrymore Theater and ran for 588 performances. The book was written by Itamar Moses with Arabic translations by Muna Ramiki and Hebrew translations by Zohar Terosh Polk and Jonathan The musical is based, I should say, on the 2007 film, which was written and directed by Iran Kodoran. Music and lyrics were written by Mr. David Yazbek, the director of the original Broadway production, David Cromer, musical director Andrea Grody, choreographer Patrick McCullum, scenic design Scott Pask, lighting design Tyler Mikolo, sound design Kai Harada, and costume design Sarah Lau. The original Broadway cast included, I actually think this is the full list, Katrina Lenk, Tony Shaloub, George Aboud, Atai Benson, John Cariani, Adam Cantor, Andrew Polk, Broadway debut, congratulations, Anel Stachel, Broadway debut, congratulations, Bill Army, Osama Farouk, Rachel Prather, Broadway debut, congratulations, Jonathan 
Raviv Broadway debut. Congratulations. Sam Sedigursky, Sharon Saye, Kristen Saye, Alok Tawari Broadway debut. Congratulations, Harvey Valdez and Garo Yellen. And as always, I do apologize for mispronouncing any of those first or last names. In terms of Tony nods, let's see what we have here. The production won Best Musical, of course, Best Book of a Musical, Itamar Moses, Best Original Score, David Yazbek, Best Leading Actor in a Musical, Tony Shalhoub, Best Leading Actress in a Musical, Katrina Lenk, Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Ariel Stachel, Best Direction of a Musical, David Cromer, Best Orchestrations, Jamshid Sharifi, Best Lighting Design of a Musical, Tyler Mikolo, and Best Sound Design of a Musical, Kai Harada. The production was additionally nominated for one other award, that being Best Scenic Design of a Musical. That would have gone to Scott Pask, but the winner of that award was David Zinn for their work on SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical. So, to review, 11 nominations for the band's visit and 10 awards at the end of the night. That must have driven Scott Pasek insane. Do you know what time it is now? Yes, you do. You know what time it is. TikTok, it's time to talk about the plot. TikTok plot. Scene 1, an airport bus station in Israel, 1996. The members of the Alexandria Ceremonial Police Orchestra, having been invited to perform at the Arab Culture Center in Batat Tikva, patiently await their embassy escort. When it becomes clear the escort is running late and may not show up at all, the conductor of the orchestra, Colonel Tufik Zakaria, makes a solemn decision. We are taking the bus. He instructs their trumpet player and wannabe playboy, Halad, to buy tickets to Bita Tikva. This request confuses the woman at the counter. Bita Tikva? Do you mean Pita Tikva or Bet Hatikva? Scene 2. The orchestra arrives in Bet Hatikva, where the residents are just beginning their morning routine. Dina and her employee, Poppy, are in the process of opening a cafe. Their only customer, Itzik, takes his usual seat, having left his wife Iris at home to care for their newborn son. The arrival of an Egyptian police orchestra is the most exciting thing to happen in Bet Hatikva in months, if not years. But the residents have bad news for their visitors. The air Arab Culture Center is located in Pita Tikva with a P. This is Bet Hatikva with a B. Tufik is incensed and threatens to expel Halad from the orchestra upon their return to Egypt. Halad is more concerned with food. Dina agrees to feed the group. Scene 3. While eating, the orchestra's assistant conductor, Simon, plays a tune on his clarinet. Itzik is impressed to learn this is an original overture for a concerto, though Simon points out he has yet to finish the piece. Dina confirms another bus won't arrive until tomorrow, and as there are no hotels in town, she splits the orchestra between herself, Poppy, and Itzik. Itzik will house Simon and the violinist, Kamal, while she takes Halad and Tufik. The remaining musicians will stay at the cafe under Poppy's supervision. Poppy is flummoxed. He has plans for tonight. Tufik is embarrassed. Is there no other solution? Dina is steadfast. The people of Bet Hatikva will look after the Alexandria Ceremonial Police Orchestra, and that is that. Scene 4. Dina brings Halad and Tufik to her apartment, where she slices watermelon and alludes to the dreams she once had for herself. She calls out to a man on the street who stands near a payphone. The telephone guy has been waiting for his girlfriend to call 
all for over a month. Dina asks Tufik if he would like to explore the town, maybe get a bite to eat. Tufik resists, but Halad encourages him in Arabic. Quote, the lady wants to go out, take her out. Dina invites Halad to tag along, but he chooses to stay behind. Scene 5. Simone and Kamal are having dinner with Itzik, Iris, and Iris's elderly father, Avram. Iris is clearly unhappy. It's her birthday, she is exhausted, Itzik is not helping with the baby, and she has unexpected house guests. Itzik says to her, quote, they're not so bad, quote, to which Iris responds, quote, yes, let's invite them every night, quote. Avram is keen to hear more about the orchestra. The old man was once in a band of his own and met his wife while playing at a club. He sings about that fateful night, which inspires Simon and Kamal to play their instruments and break into a dance. Scene 6. Dina prepares to go out with Tufik. Kamal uses the payphone to call the Egyptian embassy, which annoys the telephone guy. Poppy bids his musicians good night before closing the cafe. He is confronted by Halad, who is eager to join him for a night on the town. Poppy is not a fan of this idea. His pal, Zelger, is setting him up with Julia, the gloomy cousin of Zelger's girlfriend, Anna. There is no room for a fifth wheel. Halad ignores Poppy's increasingly panicked hints and manages to hitch a ride with the group. Scene 7. Dina and Tufik eat at a cafeteria-style restaurant, where they connect over old Egyptian music and movies like River of Love. Dina spots a man named Sammy, who is eating with his wife and children. She has been having an affair with Sammy and invites him over in a loud display. Come on over and talk, Sammy! Hello! Perplexed and upset, Sammy does his best to make their conversation seem as innocent as possible. Don't blow up my spot, Dina. He returns to his family, and Dina and Tufik are left alone. They quote a scene from River of Love. Tufik, a book is a loyal companion always. Dina, this one is unrealistic. A woman give up her child, a man dies for love. Tufik, ah, but love in itself is hope, and hope is a reality in our lives. Who can live without hope? Scene 8. Simon plays his unfinished overture at the behest of Itzik and Avram. Itzik compares himself to Simon and relays a story from his childhood, one in which he avoided a birthday party by hiding in a tree. The whole village is look for me. I don't come. I hear people call my name. I don't answer. I stay all day. I miss my birthday. Maybe for you, not finish is like this. You are in the tree. You don't want to come down. Iris offers her own interpretation of the story. Her husband stayed in the tree because he he refused to grow up, and he is still avoiding the inevitable to this day. Upset, she grabs her coat and leaves the apartment. Scene 9. Poppy, Zelger, Anna, Julia, and Halad are at a cheesy makeshift roller disco. Poppy confesses to Halad that he's never been with a woman, as their presence causes him to freeze up and hear nothing but the sea. Halad reveals his family has arranged for him to marry upon returning to Egypt. Julia tries to pull Poppy onto the dance floor. He refuses, wrenching his arm away and causing her to fall. Julia erupts in a fit of sobs. Anna flies into a rage. The situation is a total disaster. But with some coaching from Halad, Poppy manages to make a connection with his date. Scene 10. Dina and Tufik relax in a desolate park. Tufik speaks of his wife, who died three years ago. They first met as students, and when she chose to attend one of his concerts, Tufik was inspired to sing. Dina convinces him to perform the song from his past. 
she finds herself in a quandary. Is she beginning to develop feelings for this quiet visitor? Sammy appears and begins to argue with Dina. Uh-oh. Their anger inspires Tufik to intervene. Quote, It's okay. He make mistake. He just make mistake. But please, you can forgive. You can forgive. Quote, Sammy leaves. Tufik asks to return to the apartment. Scene 11. Itzik sings a lullaby to his son. Simon apologizes to him as he fears their presence has ruined the evening. Itzik explains that his marriage has been on the rocks for some time. When Iris returns, Itzik leaves Simon alone with the baby who begins to cry. Simon calms the child by playing his overture, a tranquil moment that inspires him to finish the piece for the first time. Iris is overwhelmed and begins to cry violently. Scene 12. The embassy calls Kamal on the payphone, which frustrates the telephone guy all the more. Kamal wilts in the face of the embassy's news. It looks like the orchestra will have to take the bus to Pita Tikva. Tufik and Dina arrive at her door doorstep. She expresses an affection for him, though she believes she would only, quote, fuck it all up, quote, if they were to get together. Tufik delivers a monologue about his wife and child, quote, my wife, she died because of me. We had a son, a bright and beautiful son. He made some mistakes. I was hard with him. I didn't understand. He was gentle, fragile, like her. I didn't understand him. He took his life. It broke her heart, quote, Scene 13. Halad, having returned from the roller disco, enters the apartment with Dina and Tufik. The young man is astonished and delighted to find Tufik is a fan of Chet Baker, and the musicians manage to set aside their differences. Tufik heads to bed, and after a moment of quiet tension, Halad and Dina embrace. Hello? Scene 14. The telephone guy finally hears from his girlfriend, Amalia. The residents and tourists of Bet Hatikva sing as one. Scene 15. The members of the Alexandria Ceremonial Police Orchestra say goodbye to their hosts. They vanish, leaving Dina to deliver the show's final line of dialogue. Quote, Once, not long ago, a group of musicians came to Israel from Egypt. You probably didn't hear about it. It wasn't very important. Quote, we see the police orchestra moments before their concert begins. The end. For the purposes of this week's episode, I did not revisit the original 2007 film, which I have seen once before, though I would recommend it. It is a very good film. Instead, I began my process by reading the book by Itamar Moses. I followed that up by sitting down with the 2018 original Broadway cast album, and I also watched the 2018 Tony Awards performance of Omar Sharif. If you have zero interest in seeing the band's visit after hearing Katrina Lank sing and watching Tony Shalhoub emote from a position of total stillness, it's clear there is nothing I could say in this episode that would turn you into a fan of this show. I am a fan of Tyler Mikolo's lighting. It is a sauna of color, so rich and sumptuous. And I have one other note here regarding the Tony Awards performance. I, uh, I could have done without the plug for CBS All Access over the performance of the show's band. Let's just focus on their performance, maybe allow them to have that moment, that spotlight. We're already cutting to commercials, you maniacs. Just hold off for a second is what I have to say. Hello, hello.
What's new here? You're waiting, I'm waiting, cause that's what we do here. Same as we do every day for something I don't know to happen, you know, just something different to happen. Just waiting for something to change, just a change. Sometimes it feels like we're moving in a circle Around and around with the same scenery Going by but no one's complaining We're experts at waiting David Yazbek's score for the band's visit is reliable in strength and often downright remarkable. It is his best work, full stop. As I'm sure you can imagine, there are weeks when listening to a cast album once proves to be a challenge for me, and the idea of returning to it seems unpleasant. That was not the case with the band's visit. I often found myself thinking, hey, let's listen to that track again and again and again. I wanted to immerse myself in the score and be restored by its embrace. It doesn't take long for a musical to expose itself as special, and when that happens, you never want it to end. Even Waiting, a fairly tame plate setter, has high replay value and a signature punch. The intro from the band is totally arresting, and I love how quickly and confidently it builds on itself. The sound produced by this ensemble is the sound musical directors dream of at night, an incandescent, undulating wave that perfectly captures their sense of yearning. And once Katrina Lang steps into the picture, forget about it. From that point forward, we are playing by a different set of rules. And if you think that's hyperbolic, stick around. You have yet to hear hyperbole, you don't know the meaning of the word. This would be a good time to discuss a general observation I had regarding this week's score. All aboard, it's time for a general observation, toot toot. A number of these songs, including Waiting, It Is What It Is, and The Beat of Your Heart, come to a sharp and sudden end. Yazbek is not interested in the big finish, or moments of release that allow for an easy ovation from the audience. He is producing fragile, bubble-like moments that are designed to pop without warning. The effect is not disruptive or alienating. Each moment simply comes to an end without fanfare, and we are left to consider what those moments mean to us before moving on with our lives. And as we step forward, we think, what's next? This is not an impatient question, but an eager one. The band's visit encourages forward momentum, which I appreciate. With a P. Where you are, this is not Petah Such a city, nobody knows it. Not a fun, not a 
articulates the restless isolation one might feel when living in a small town, Welcome to Nowhere serves as an expression of the cynicism bred out of that isolation. Your average theater-goer may not have reference for life in Israel, but life in the middle of nowhere? That's about as universal as you can get. Who among us hasn't gone out of their way to detail the bland, boring, and barren qualities of their particular spot on the map? Nothing happens here. Nothing ever happens. It would take me hours to explain just how little goes on here. Save yourself before it's too late. I can't help but feel a sense of ironic bemusement. Ooh, ironic bemusement. When listening to Welcome to Nowhere, because Chris and I have actually been talking about what it would mean to move to a small town for some time now. One apartment building? Hello? One cafe? Ha! Sounds good to me. Sounds okay by me. Though I would also like to have one movie theater and one library, if you please. Sorry. 
Listening to a snippet of Omar Sharif would have been an insult to Katrina Link and David Yazbek. One must hear it from start to finish so that it may be allowed to envelop you and drown out the rest of the world. This is a stunning example of composer and performer operating at the same level of excellence. I'm sure there were several performers who succeeded Katrina Link in the role of Dina and did her performance justice. But for me, Link is the beginning and the end. I find it hard to describe the qualities of her voice because I've never heard a voice like hers. This voice should not be trivialized with a simile, and so I will refrain from using one. We are dealing with a once-in-a-lifetime, truly iconic performance here, and that is all that can be said. It garra. It garra. It garra. It garra. Min al-wahda. Min al-farra. It garra. It garra hum. Ant al-wahda. Ant al-farra. It garra I can understand why David Yazbek would avoid writing a proper character song for Tufik. More so than any other character in the piece, the Colonel lives in a perpetual state of detachment. Reaching out to him would be like reaching for a ghost, yet he is also stubbornly earthbound, like a statue drowning in moss. When Tufik is inspired to sing, it is only because Dina encourages him to relive the past, and the resulting ballad, It Gotta, only produces more questions about who he is now. Now, Dina thinks, what is with this guy? I've heard of still waters running deep, but this is ridiculous. So yes, I see how placing Tufik at a remove would make him more intriguing, but if Itgara teaches us anything, it's that Tony Shalhoub can sing and should be allowed to show off those chops as often as possible. I have to wonder if the monologue about Tufik's wife and son was a song at one time, because that material is ripe for musicalization. A short, plain-spoken, and quietly devastating song. I make this sound easy. Uh, hello, excuse me, where's my short, plain-spoken, and quietly devastating two-feet song, Mr. Yazbek? Uh, it already exists. It's called It Gotta Stop Calling Me at Home, Jonathan. It's a shame Tony Shalhoub doesn't get to sing more, is my main point. Is this a hymn? Is this a love song? Something ancient by a poet Maybe Hafiz, maybe Rumi Is he singing about two hearts Searching in the darkness Or is he singing about fishing The tune seems sad But are the words sad? What's he saying? Is he praying? And why does it get to me? Is he lonely? Maybe reaching out for someone Look at me Maybe I'm the one who's fishing Every day you stare To the west, to the south 
talk about the line of music underscoring Katrina Lank at the top of something different? Oh, we can? Oh, great. Because it reminds me of a church organ and is nothing short of delicious. Just this lavender plume of sound acting as a compliment to Lank's stunning vocals. Can you imagine what she is going to do with the role of Bobby when that revival of Company finally opens on Broadway? Can you imagine how upset I'll be if they don't produce another cast album? The West End album did not cut it for me. Give me Link, I say. Give me Link! Very soon, very soon, that's the sound of longing. Are you there? Are you there? Will you answer? seconds into hearing Answer Me, one thought came to mind clear as day. Adam Cantor's friends and family must have felt an overwhelming sense of pride upon hearing him sing this on Broadway. I certainly felt proud of him. How could you not? That voice is heavenly. His is the voice you hear upon reaching the pearly gates. And what about when the ensemble joins in and your world is suddenly nothing but that startling rainbow call of sound. That was an out-of-body experience for me. The sound they produced broke up the tension in my chest. Well, I can't really attest to that. The musical man is not here to prescribe musical theater as a form of homeopathy, as my friend Dr. Harvey Firestein might say, take two lapones and call me in the morning, sugar. Stay hydrated. I don't do a very good Harvey Firestein. Harvey's been on the show before, of course, with Cindy Lauper. 
<laughs> Do not tell him that I did that impression. Okay, that's all I have to say regarding the score for the band's visit. We are now going to hear from our fine, fine sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678. It's me, Cher. How y'all doing? I'm here to talk about five, six, seven, eight, coffee, whoa. But I'm also here to talk about all my catchphrases that everybody loves. Everybody knows my famous catchphrases. I've got you, babe. Whoa. Snap out of it. I'm going to smack you in the face. Let's get this party started. Mama Mia, who ordered a pizza? Who ordered all these mermaids? Yeah, that's another one. Hey, Bobbles. That's another big catchphrase of mine. Uh, you know what, but I've got a new catchphrase that I want to tell you about. It's you gotta go. That's my new catchphrase. Whoa. Will and Grace, you gotta go. You gotta go order me some coffee. I'm feeling down, baby. And when Chef feels down, she needs something to pick herself up. She wants to do it, baby. You gotta go get the coffee. Five, six, seven, eight coffee. You can count on it. You can count on me. Five, six, seven, eight. Whoa. Whoa, baby. We're back in turn back time. I go all the way back to dinosaur times and have a five, six, seven, eight coffee with a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Whoa, Bobbles. I gotta go. See you soon. Whoa, I'm evaporating! Ooh, a catch eating my finger! Wah! Was that good? Was that a good five, six, seven, eight coffee? Okay, everybody seems happy. Whoa, okay. Sorry if I popped the mic a little bit. I got a little crazy. How about that dinosaur ad lib? That wasn't written down. How about that kitty cat eating my finger? That wasn't written down. That was ad lib, baby. Whoa! Oh, Cher, she's got some improv skills anyway. So I gotta go. Okay, Bobbles, I'm gonna smack you upside the head. Snap out of it. Okay, I gotta go. Seriously, I'm not feeling too well. Could someone, you gotta go. You gotta give me some coffee. I'm real fucked up. I don't feel good today. I don't feel good. No, Cher don't feel good today. She's feeling real down. Oh, you ever have those days when your brain tells you something's wrong? And you say, the brain, oh, no, you done, nothing's wrong, brain. And the brain goes, shut up, shut up, shut up, Cher, shut up. I need my coffee. Shut up, Cher, shut up. That's what I'm saying to myself. I gotta go, Bobbles. Final thoughts regarding the band's visit. I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week. Ooh, that's how you like it, listeners. Short and sweet. I would very much like to hear any material that was written for the character of Tufik and ultimately discarded, as I have a feeling that material would interest me. Let's write a song for Tufik. Come on, why not? We've already won all the Tony Awards. Why not have fun, I say? Now, as a reminder, the band visit was the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical back in 2018. Oh, were we ever so young. And the additional nominees that year were Frozen, Mean Girls, and SpongeBob SquarePants. Now, <laughs> let me think to myself, did the band's visit deserve to win the Tony Award for Best Musical over Frozen, Mean Girls, and SpongeBob SquarePants? Huh, is it better than Frozen, Mean Mean Girls and SpongeBob SquarePants? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sitting on my end thinking to myself, is it? Is it? Is it worthy of the ton? Oh, for God's sake, yes. <laughs> 
Was I getting on your nerves just then? Was I getting under your skin? Was I, was I making you want to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, I told you my brain's all wonky this week. I told you. I'm in a silly, silly mood. Let's rank the band's visit against all of the other musicals we have talked about here on the podcast. As a reminder, if you want to check out this list, follow us on Twitter at MusicalManPod. If you go to our likes section, all of the tweets that we have liked over the years, the first tweet you'll find there is a link to a Google Sheet. If you go to the second tab, that's where this list is, this ranking. I am putting the band's visit at number 15 between Waitress at number 14 and Passing Strange at number 16. I also have a couple of changes to the ranking I would like to announce right here and now. Grey Gardens is now at number 19 between The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas at number 18 and Candide at number 20. And Steel Pier is now at number 23 between Hairspray at number 22 and Funny Girl at number 24. Okay, okay. I have two pieces of show-related ephemera for you this week. First up, a 1944 performance of the song Al Awela Fel Garam by Um Kultum. The music was written by Sakaria Ahmad and the lyrics were written by Baram Al Tunisi. Let's hear that. <laughs> Tomb, just so you know, sold 80 million records worldwide, received an honorary title, that being Kakab al-Shark, or Star of the East, and is commonly known as Egypt's Fourth Pyramid. Bob Dylan, Robert Plant, and Bono counted themselves among her millions of fans. Charles de Gaulle referred to her as the Lady, while Maria Callas described her as the incomparable voice. Those are just some amazing facts regarding Um Kultum that I picked up over this week. Our second piece of show-related ephemera is a segment from the movie The River of Love. This is a 1960 picture. This is the A Book is a Loyal Companion Always scene that Dina and Tufik quote in the band's visit. The River of Love is an adaptation of Leo Tolstoy's 1878 novel Anna Karenina. The film was written by Yusef Issa and Azel Dean Zulfikar, directed by Zulfikar, and stars Fatin Hamama and Omar Sharif. Musical theater fans would likely know Sharif from Funny Girl and Funny Lady, though he is also known for his work in Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Zhivago, The Mysterious Island, Top Secret, and The Thirteenth Warrior. Fatin Hamama's resume of 103 film and television credits includes I Want a Solution, Mouths and Rabbits, The Open Door, and Conscience of Teacher Hikmat. The scene referenced by the band's visit, which we are about to 
here, I promise you, begins at 41 minutes and 30 seconds in the film The River of Love. In the scene, General Khalid, played by Omar Sharif, is trying his best to get to know Nawal, played by Fatin Hamama, a young woman who is married to the old, wealthy, and tyrannical aristocrat Tahir Pasha. Khalid has sworn to Nawal that he will not ask her for any private information during their conversation, lest that be mistaken for a flirtation. I do want to offer the English translation of this scene before we hear the audio, so I'm just going to read the captions that I transcribed from the YouTube upload. We begin with Khalid. Is the book being a well-mannered companion to you during this trip? Nawal. A book is a loyal companion always. Khalid. Especially Ben Alatal. An intriguing story indeed. Nawal. But it's very unrealistic. Khalid. Why? Nawal. In reality, no man would die for love, and no woman would sacrifice her child and future for a man who is married to another. Khalid. That would be the strongest love. Nawal. You mean the strongest imagination. Khalid. No. Love in itself is hope, and hope is a reality in our lives. Who can live without hope? Nawal. But she continued to love him even after he died. Khalid. Then her hope was larger than life. What is it? Nawal. The way you talk doesn't go with the uniform you're wearing at all, unless you're a war poet. Khalid. Why not? General Mahmoud Sami al-Baroudi was a soldier and a great poet at the same time. Nawal. I better get back to my cabin now because some passengers are still waiting to have their dinner. Excuse me. Khalid. Of course. Nawal. And hopefully my book companion on my next trip will be by the poet slash general Khalid. Khalid. The first gift will be a gift to you. Don't give me your name or address because I'm keeping my promise. Maybe we'll meet by coincidence one more time. They say it's a small world. And in this moment, Khalid notices her wedding ring. The music swells. Nawal covers the ring with a frown and says, Not my world. Good night. Khalid says, you too. Okay, great. Now we have the English translation, and now you can hear the original dialogue in its original language. Let's play that now. مش دنيتي أنا تصبح على خير أنت من أهل 
To determine which show we discuss next, we'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show, Guggenheim, A Historical Fallacy. Everyone ready? Then away we go! Alright, let's see where we have landed here. This is a 1984 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It ran for 669 performances. I have a feeling that nobody's going to be able to guess which show this is. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be able to guess what this is. Do you know what? Say it out loud. I don't know if you're right. I can't hear you. The show is The Tap Dance Kid. The Tap Dance Kid is the next subject for our main feed, and that episode is actually going to drop on Wednesday, March. 3rd, because we are going to be spending this next week focusing on the production and release of the latest M3, the Movie Musical Man episode. It's true. Go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the Black Lives Matter organization. You can donate $1, 3 5 or $10 a month. Let's say you donate $1 a month. What do you get in that instance? Well, you get Monday Early Access to all of our main feed episodes. You get a verbal shout-out each and every week. Thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month. Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marques, Rob, Shauna, Shianti, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. You also get bonus episodes regarding the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, ABC's The Little Mermaid Live, a review of the film Cats, a review of Emma, the stage musical Emma, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney+, Plus, Documentary Now, original cast album Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sag Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, and Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. But we're not done yet. You also get season one, 12 episodes of Radio Boy, and you get ongoing access to monthly episodes of M3, the movie movie musical man. That's right. This is a monthly series for which we watch and discuss trilogies of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. The episode that will drop on February 24th will be known as the Apocryphal Bio Trilogy. These are musical biopics. We're watching Star, we're watching The Greatest Showman, and we're watching Rocket Man, baby. Rocket Man! But let's say you have a little bit more coin in your pocket and you want to donate $3 a month. Well, in that instance, you get everything I've already described, and you also get a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. You also get season one, ten episodes of Wild Cats Everywhere, the high school musical podcast, and a special one-off episode all about season one of Julie and the Phantoms. Ah, yes, the Netflix show about a girl and her ghost band. Ah! But what if I donate five dollars a month, you might be wondering. Well, you get everything already described, plus you get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss here on the podcast. You pick the musical, I talk about it. It has to be a musical that was nominated for Best Musical. That's the only stipulation. It has to come from our list. You also get season one and season two of All I Ask of You. That's 24 episodes of an advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera. You get access to our Broadway in Chicago review series, and you get volumes one and two of Shout About It. Those are collections of five, six, seven, eight, 
paid coffee ads and musical shoutouts from the first 50 episodes. Finally, if you donate $10 a month, you get everything I've already described, plus exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed. You get season one, 12 episodes of The Snub Club. That is a special show all about Broadway musicals that were snubbed. They were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. Ah, and coming April 28th, our brand new bi-weekly $10 a month series, Turn It Off, which is going to be all about off-Broadway musicals. <laughs> if you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to write up a nice five-star review for us. We do appreciate it. Oh, you might be listening to the show via Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean, musicalmanpod.podbean.com. Thank you for streaming. You can follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email us at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Thanks, as always, to Patty and Benny for their support, their fabulous hard work. Thank you to Alex Green for our beautiful logo, and thank you to Zach Little for our fabulous music. Oh, well, you know what that sound means. Yes, we're familiar with that sound. Just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting? Oh, well. We'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, auf Wiedersehen, and good night. Let our prototypes give us a big head. Oops, too late. Hi-ya! Meet Ikiyoi. Help me! Mm. Kalani. Deuce. <laughs> and Purbles. I'm done residing with Inferius. With guest star Cher. Hey, Bubbles, how's it going? Bobbleheads the movie. Now available on DVD and digital. Rated PG. Bubble hug. <laughs>